price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody, it's your spiky-haired, overly confident, and very crazy bruiser Holden McNeely. Daichi ofumushite, kimi wa mensemete yuku, tenshi no hoemi detsure, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, you can't smile! Bruiser Jake. And ladies and gentlemen, today we are doing Hunter. Hunter. I'm going to try not to say Hunter x Hunter. It is not Hunter x Hunter. It is not Hunter x Hunter. It is Hunter. The X is silent. We will get into that. It's weird. It's it's a fun thing that um it, it just feels really dumb to say Hunter Hunter. Hunter x Hunter sounds cooler. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, Hunter time. You know, it's, it's exponential Hunters, but no, Hunter Hunter. And I was actually started off feeling bogged down by this topic and ended the week out really pretty ecstatic that I got to learn all about this. And shout outs to our patron who funded this episode, Ryan C. Moreland, who is the host of a podcast called Fairly Functional with Mr. Ryan Moreland. On it, me and my younger sister reviewed movies, talk about some of our favorite nerdy and sometimes non-nerdy stuff, nonsense conversations and questions, and for some reason, we have a fascination with Matthew McConaughey, food, and Naruto. SoundCloud.com forward slash fairly functional with a K, uh, fairly funk, like don't fake the funk, fairly functional, uh, has a description of the show at her social media is at podcast fairly at podcast fairly so again fairly functional and at podcast fairly on socials thank you again let's get into it jake holden we've done all the greats we've done dragon ball we've done naruto indeed we've done naruto naruto's cool older brother we've done one piece we've done one punch man We've done JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and after all of these legendary shonen series, out of the shadows, out of the fucking muck, one fandom has reached out to us and said, You're ready for us. Now it is our turn to play. And it is, last but not least, because, in terms of at least shonen, manga, and anime, because... This really is a mishmash of all of those titles that you just named. Essentially, its author, uh, Yoshihiro Tagashi, just threw all of these different shonen mangas into a pot and mixed it up and poured out yum yum delicious Hunter Hunter. Now, on its surface, if you're like reading from issue one or watching from episode one of the anime, both animes will get into it, you think to yourself like, I don't get it. This is, you know, the source of a million memes, a million, like, uh, Tumblr posts. You know, this was one of the great uh, diehard fandoms. And this just seems like another, like, punchy, punchy, good boy fight fight. And I think that's why, uh, just to cut you off for a second, that's why I felt bogged down by this. Exactly what you just stated. That it, It's like, what is it, uh, what is it about this that's different from all these other things? And, uh, and yeah, yeah. What really seems to be is that if this is a show that really hits you, if you've already been immersed in the realm of shonen manga and anime, 
that you have seen every power level. You have seen every ultimate technique. You've been through tournament arc after tournament arc after tournament arc. You know the same song. You know the same grooves. And like Hunter X. Wow, I already blew it. Hunter Hunter. I'm going to we're going to do it today, guys. It's Hunter Hunter. The X. Jake, please. It's silent. And Hunter Hunter is just full of all of these twists and turns and choices that just for people that are already keyed into this frequency to people that like already know all the dance moves. It just changes the tempo on you. It just starts zigging where you think it's going to zag and it becomes enthralling because for the first time after a lifetime of watching uh, determined young boys train and then fight uh just deliriously evil larger men all of a sudden they're doing shit that you didn't think was possible and this series has gained my respect now that i've had to shotgun blast like um, yes 20 plus years of story into my head well 10 years of story if you keep the hiatuses into account the nin system the essentially source of powers in this show really not just was fascinating to learn about in its own sense, but also made me think about powers and power levels in shonen anime and what is effective and what is not. I mean, I think the most simple, basic version of it is, you know, his powers over 9,000. You know, it's just like, it's a point system and it's just a, you know, I th- yeah, Dragon Ball Z, I think the most simple, basic version of that, right? You just power up, you become stronger, so to take something like Nin, and we will get into what makes it so fascinating, and create this really actually, it almost sounds scientific in its in its uh, use and 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 the way that everybody's powers work into it, and it has such a logic to it that just breaks that mold in a wonderful way, and I think that is why it's referred to as the shonen manga for shonen lovers. Because it, it just goes just a little bit deeper. Not only is it an, amal- an amalgamation of all these different other anime and manga types, in Shonen at least, but also it, it, it just drives it even further with this incredibly interesting and complex power system with these great fights that it just never stops, it never shies away from with, with arcs that are built to get us into the fighting as quickly as humanly possible all of these things are just so fascinating and, and just work. Just work. Another thing that the Hunter Hunter does great is, like, besides the subversions that hopefully we'll get into without being too spoilery, but, like, th- this is 100% part of the JoJo effect, where you can actually know a lot of what's going to happen on paper. Like, you can wiki dive and spoil a bunch of shit for you. But the actual effect of watching it happen is so powerful and so amazing and so well executed that it'll it'll be like you never read the spoiler in the first place. It's that level of compelling storytelling. But there's also a ton of streamlining. So it's subverting your expectations of what a shonen battle anime is about. And it cuts out the fat a ton of times. And from arc to arc, uh, there'll be these wild swings in setting, in villains, in different scenarios and you know we'll go from a uh, classic like tournament fighting arc to uh, underground crime arc in a uh, modern city to an expedition in the wild frontier to uh, just like weird intrigue among an assassin's guild like it all kind of there's even like a political maneuvering arc where it's just a bunch of people holding elections and like going behind the scenes to try and backstab each other like it's whatever the author just wants to write about ends up getting folded into the story in a way that is 100% believable because this guy has so much experience that he just understands where to cut the fat and then the other thing about this guy that I love is that even though there are all these traditions and all of this unhealthy approach in the manga industry work-wise, especially for the mangaka, for the people writing and, and drawing these things and putting them out in Weekly Shonen Jump or whatever weekly magazine, the deadlines are so intense. And this guy just said fuck it uh, about halfway through his career and <laughs> realized he was being overworked. And totally just rebelled and said, I'm just going to put this out 
in a healthy manner for me. I'm going to take hiatuses when I need to. And I just love, that's so refreshing to read because I feel like every time we do a show about an anime or a video game in particular, you always read about how they're sleeping in the office, that they're just working themselves to the bone. And and it's just so unhealthy and it it doesn't feel right. And I love that this guy just said, no, I'm just not going to do that. And there's so many other interesting facts that go into uh, Yoshihiro Togashi, his his marriage, his wife. We'll get into all of that good stuff. Well, it's 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 a double edged sword because obviously we've talked about how you know crunch and the toll that especially these uh, you know the work ethic famous in Shonen Jump uh, manga creators where you know they're putting out without missing a beat like uh, a full issues worth of comic pages with the help of an army of assistants every week consistently for decades on end but since uh, i actually there's a hiatus x hiatus a github project where it actively tracks the weeks that uh, the comic actually appears and the weeks that it doesn't and since its debut around uh, 1998 i believe the comic has missed 63% of the weeks it was supposed to appear. Yeah, it has crazy. been on hiatus more than it has not been. Uh, yeah. We're in the middle of the a current 72-issue hiatus. The mm. longest ever was from 2014 to 2016, an 80-issue hiatus. And the longest continuous streak of uh, issues being released was just 30 in a row. Compared to, you know, if we compare this to Oda from One Piece, like, even <laughs> though this... Manga has been uh, technically released a year longer. Uh, One Piece has like almost tripled the amount of issues released since then. Yeah, it's crazy. So why don't we get into it? Here is the synopsis for Hunter Hunter, a manga series that got two anime adaptations that follows a boy named Gone Freaks. And I was like, surely it's not pronounced Freaks. It must be pronounced something else. No, Gone, G-O-N, and his last name is F-R-E-E-C-S-S, which is pronounced Freaks, and it's actually purposely freaky. Uh, Fun factoid, gone is the Japanese onomatopoeia for striking a hard surface, and Mm. freaks is English for being a weird freak. (laughs) So already in his name, our main character is just a sucker for punishment. He's just all Mm -hmm. about punching shit. He's he's an uber Goku, and we'll talk about more his character more in a bit. Gone Freaks, who sets out to become a professional hunter, a licensed individual that hunts rare or unidentified animal species, treasure, unexplored lands, or lawless individuals, and most specifically, his father, who abandoned him at a young age. The manga has been serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump since March of 1998, with the most recent entries coming out in 2018 to total 380 chapters collected into 36 volumes. The anime was first produced by Nippon Animation and ran for 62 episodes, starting back in 1999 and then by Madhouse in 2011, running for 148 episodes. There was also a 1999 film and an OVA series in 2002. But let's get into it. Yoshihiro Togashi, our creator, the center of all of this work. Born in Shinjo Yamagata in 1966, his family owns a paper shop still to this day, and I believe they lived above it as well. And this actually helped get him into drawing, being surrounded by (laughs) all that paper. So, And I love it, too. You can actually see the paper shop now features a bunch of his art and stuff. You can buy Hunter Hunter trinkets and things. It's very cute how his family supports him. Uh, So he started drawing manga art early on in elementary school. Tagashi said, when classmates look at your scribbles and say, wow, You can't help but think that you're good. It comes down to the opinions of others. I didn't actually think I was good, but when others tell you that you are, you start to think that you might have talent. So his father also drew manga, by the way, and he would copy his drawings at a young age, so that definitely helped him out a lot, and he was a pretty low-key student. He said, I lived only to elude the letter of the law and to come up with ways to goof off without getting caught by the teachers, which speaks to my heart. I was exactly that student. I I didn't like to get into trouble, so I wasn't like a troublemaker, but I did like to cause, you know, like I like to joke around and have fun and be silly. So I totally was that student, especially through my middle school years. I loosened up a little bit later, but shout out to all you cool guys out there who got uh, capable of better work on your report cards when you got sent home to your parents. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was the unsatisfactory behavior grade would get me grounded. So I, I had learned pretty quickly that I couldn't be the class clown as much so as I wanted to. But not satisfactory. You just had to, you just got like 
is present. Yeah. <laughs> Shows up and we don't like that is what I got a lot. As for developing his personal style. I'm sorry. He said, I just I, love like a young Holden just being like uh, Holden. Um, he just I can he just screams at a very high pitch. And it's clear that like he knows I can hear him, but he's not like screaming. <laughs> Get your toes out of your mouth, boy. You're in the principal's <laughs> office. Unbelievable. As for developing his personal style, he said, I think it was probably when I was in junior high school, but I became more fascinated by seeing the dirty part on the backside than the beautiful thing on the surface. It bloomed beside the dirty daubs on the back of my house. I've also drawn hydrangea. I don't know why, but I think it's definitely the foundation of my present day. He played outdoors a lot, you know, not necessarily the most sporty kid, but, you know, uh, swimming in the river and, you know, playing, building snowmen and doing all this stuff. And yeah, you mentioned that he was drawing a lot of uh, flowers and exploring. He was exploring. He explored so many caves and it's written in the stuff that we read about him. And I was so happy to see it. He was actually the thing that we joke about (laughs) doing. He was exploring the caves behind his house. Which reflects uh, Gon's (laughs) upbringing on Whale Island. You know, he's his big secret power going into it. He wasn't he didn't have assassin training. He wasn't the last of a forbidden clan, but he did spend a lot of time outdoors. So he's like the feral wilderness kid in this series. In the caves, ladies and gentlemen, we actually found a live one (laughs) who actually explored the caves behind his house. Interesting stuff, ladies and gentlemen. So he was a part of a fine arts club in high school. Then he went to Yamagata University actually to study education. Wasn't one of those mangaka, surprisingly enough, that that he, he's always going a little against the grain of a lot of the other stories I've researched. He, he was not immediately just trying to be that. He was going to be a teacher and get a degree of education at Yamagata University. Supposedly, Togashi. I could not find a real source for this. There's only a YouTube video that tells this story, so I cannot back this up. But apparently, while he was studying to be an educator, uh, he was pr- uh, he was placed before a class as like a substitute teacher as part of his training, and seeing all those eyes on him and all those like faces you know, waiting to hear him speak, he couldn't talk in front of a crowd. He just mm. clammed up and just only silence would come out of him. And he realized that his dream to be a teacher was just unattainable. That's after that. hilarious. He, and he does seem like a shy guy. He even said this. I don't really remember Yamagata City because I was too lazy to take a walk anywhere. The most memorable thing is Tetris, which was just across the street from the arcade. So I went there almost every day. <laughs> Man after my own heart. Exactly, right? While at college, he submits his work to Weekly Young Jump, and in 1986, at the age of 20, he wrote a manga called Butobi Straight that won him a Tetsuka Award. We've mentioned that award before. That is really your ultimate goal as a young mangaka. You want If you win that award, you pretty much instantly get a career. It is the semi-annual manga award given by publisher Shueisha, since the 70s via Weekly Shonen Jump, which is the most prestigious and valuable award given to new talent to launch their careers. Butobi Straight, by the way, follows a violent and impulsive boy as he attempts to become the captain of his school's baseball club. And in the mini-interview from winning the award, he was asked, what kind of manga do you want to draw? To which he responds, a manga that can be enjoyed by the reader even if it kills me, which is very difficult, <laughs> in parentheses. And this really turns out to be true, again, Hunter Hunter is the manga for shonen lovers. And and I've repeated I've said it too many times already in this episode, but it it really was his attempt to say he he was very much uh the type of mangaka that's looking at the polls every single week that is just determined to come up with the perfect math- mathematical system in a sense to to be the most enjoyable manga humanly possible, right? It's a long tradition in Weekly Shonen Jump that they hold frequent reader polls, stuff from uh, character popularities for individual series to even ranking the individual stories that are featured in the magazine and low-ranking titles, uh, you know, will get the boot if they just don't perform well in those reader polls. He also said this in that interview. I created this work to apply for the Tetsuko Award to test myself. If I think of it now, at this point, and even now really, 
I didn't really have a good drawing technique yet. However, at the time, I could stay up for three days straight without a problem. And that was my weapon. Everyone, please use that overabundant power and put it into a theme you really want to draw. Pursuing that without becoming greedy and while narrowing down what you want to incorporate is important. But it is interesting how he's going to totally revert on that strategy pretty quickly. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. During his senior year, an editor of Weekly Shonen Jump got in touch with him. And that is how he ends up getting his first manga on Weekly Shonen Jump. Again, the most prestigious, like the best, most famous manga magazine. That's like, again, Tetsuko Ward and getting this is so important. And they ask him to move to Tokyo and go pro in the manga biz. So here we go. Here's all of his pre-Hunter work. Now, his pre-Hunter work is going to have a vast, is going to be vastly important when it comes to getting to Hunter Hunter because it is just shapes his whole approach to his work. His first work after school was Okami Nante Koakunai, which translates to I'm Not Afraid of the Wolf, <laughs> as well as a collection of comedy manga short stories. I love I'm Not Afraid of the Wolf. I'm Not Afraid of the Wolf is completely teen wolf. Uh, it is a romantic comedy about a kid who comes from a werewolf family that also plays on the basketball team and falls in love with the popular girl. It wow. is teen wolf. It's uh, the manga. Teen wolf. <laughs> It's so funny. And, and I looked up some panels and stuff and it's yeah it's it's terrible. his next work was a romance manga called Tin de Shawaru Cupid which means translates to an ill-tempered Cupid in heaven which followed the relationship between a normal human boy and a beautiful devil girl it runs for 32 chapters it's serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump ending in 1990 and it taught him that he does not like draw, doing rom uh, romantic comedies <laughs> in manga form so uh also, Jake, can you answer this question? I thought Weekly Shonen Jump was only shown in manga. How did he get a romantic comedy manga into WSJ? I mean, if I understand correctly, it's kind of a nerdy son of a Yakuza family who's kind of like off kilter, doesn't really fit in well with others, who just has a uh, devil girl teach him how to act like a man. Okay. So I can see how that's appealing to uh, young boys. You know, there's still a boy. It yeah. doesn't all. Ha also, this is uh, still in the kind of late 80s, early 90s, where Dragon Ball hasn't fully evolved into its final form. So the codification of Shonen wasn't complete at that point. Shonen Jump actually has a ton of different series, uh, long running ones that aren't, you know, there's sports manga, there's a slice of life comedy series. It's not 100% Dragon Ball, Yu Yu Hakusho, Bleach, Naruto, One Piece, you know. It's it's that mold is n is not okay. uh, all that's in Shonen Jump. Okay. Although, as uh, an ill-tempered Cupid in Heaven wraps up, Dragon Ball is ascending to the heights that it kind of oh. became this world-conquering thing, and he right. sees which way the wind is blowing. So he uh -huh. decides his next big thing is going to be a battle manga. Yes, not not. It's very different from Hunter Hunter though in a lot of ways. For sure. You're talking about Poltergeist Report, right? What? <laughs> oh, are you not talking about Poltergeist Report? Is that what it's called? That's the English translation, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, you didn't know it was called Poltergeist Report? You're talking about Yu Yu Hakusho? Yeah, every red-blooded, tsunami-watching American nerd knows Yu Yu Hakusho. I've never heard of Poltergeist Report. <laughs> That's what it says it translated to. I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's But yeah, yeah. Uh, Yu Yu, sorry, Jake. You're talking about Yu Yu Hakusho, are, are you not, Jake? Yes, yes, I'm talking about Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Spirit gun, man. Fucking Kuwabara. Fucking hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually familiar Fucking with this Fucking younger word. Togoro. Yeah. It's, it put, it, this is what puts him on the map. 
It is about a character who is killed and brought back to life as an underworld detective. It runs for 175 chapters. Uh, Urameshi, you gotta, you gotta fucking solve the thing. We're doing ghosts and demons. Uh, Urameshi, you got a spirit gun. <laughs> you know, you Hakusha. <laughs> it also got its own anime adaptation, obviously, as you can hear, Jake. Uh, mimic it this was also his opportunity yeah to finally write a, a fighting manga and he's just trying to honestly just be popular like if if the big popular thing was snake fucking that's the kind of manga he'd be drawing it starts out as more of like a supernatural comedy similar to uh some of his previous work but very quickly he uh is you can actually see his art style kind of evolve as he tries to just brute force the level of anatomy and perspective and fight choreography necessary to have a proper battle shown in manga going. And it's beloved. People, you know, obviously in America, because of the tsunami effect, people truly love Yu Yu Hakusho. We have to go back and do a deeper dive into this franchise at some point because it is a all-time classic. But um, needless to say, it's popular. He, you know, he, despite uh, delivering a couple of late uh, chapters in the series, it's 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 a hit and it almost breaks him. So unlike, say, One Piece or unlike Dragon Ball, uh, he actually pulls the plug on it after four years, which is unheard of in the in Shonen Jump in this universe. Togashi said, this was when I seriously started to think about the pace of production for manga. I thought, I probably won't be able to keep regular hours, but if I sleep as much as I want to, when I want to, how much would I be able to produce? I tried it out. I immediately began to fall behind on my schedule, but I tried to get some sleep every night. Around this time, my feelings about writing manga as a profession began to change. I don't want to die from overwork. If I die, I want it to be when I'm having fun or when I'm drawing manga for fun. And uh, I think that's a really strong and smart stand to take, and I commend him for it. Holden, have you ever drawn a comic? Lord, uh, no. I mean, not really. As a kid, okay, I had a comic. I think I've talked about this before. I created these two characters. They were called Smokey and Spiky. (laughs) One guy, it was a big, like, Big, muscular, fat, mm-hmm. like, guy that could make spikes shoot out of him. And uh, a, ty- a thin kind of glasses-wearing sort of lanky guy that could turn into smoke and go into vents. And they were a crime-fighting team. And how long would it take you to draw those guys? I think I did one page of panels and gave up instantly. It's very hard. It's, <laughs> it's brutal. So hard. It's You have to do it in total isolation. Every time you fuck up, you have to like painstakingly correct it with whiteout. You have to make sure everything's properly done. You have to scan it. You have to do all this shit. And you don't get a moment's rest. Holden, you do two podcasts and you're overworked. Mm, it is. <laughs> indeed. 100%. You, you know, it's, it's, I do one podcast and it's, it's a little much sometimes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's a brutal schedule. And I honestly think outside of, um, the traditional work ethic of Japan, most people would be like, fuck this. This is insane. <laughs> even Araki from Jojo, he like whittled it down to a monthly release. And even that's like hard to keep up with. So, you know, it just, churning it out day in day out week after week does take its toll on people to the point where people talk about one piece uh creator oda like he's a superman like he is some kind of uncanny deity for being that consistent for so long yeah so his next book is going to be the sci-fi comedy manga level e which runs for three volumes and also gets an anime adaptation in 2011 though he wrote it back in the mid-90s, and it's about an alien prince who crash lands on Earth and lives as a high school student and just seemed like he wanted to just do it for fun. He wanted to do it because he wanted to do it. Uh, Togashi said, I'm not the kind of mangaka that is energetic and sacrifices his body and soul to draw manga, but in return, I think I have the ability to analyze in a very detailed way movies, novels, and other manga by expressing in my own, very own way, the interesting parts that I come across, which is so... Clear in his next work, the reason for the season, Hunter Hunter. Well, something interesting happens in between those two times. Uh, sure. At a dinner in 1997, he's invited to hang out with other Shonen Jump authors as well as other Hui Poloi of the manga community. And by pure chance, it's uh, the party was held by the creator of Bastard! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! 
yes. uh, which oddly enough is also known for having lengthy runs of hiatuses, much to the frustration of fans. <laughs> but he is sat down next to fellow thirty-something uh, manga creator Naoko Takeuchi, who we've brought up several times as the creator of Banana Banana Fighting Evil by Moonlight. Win in love by daylight. Light. Sailor Moon. She's a Sailor Moon creator. Looking for a real fight. Uh, Naoko Tekuchi, creator of Sailor Moon. They uh, they hit it off. Uh, she was actually a fan of Level E. And he walked away, or she walked away, rather, with his number. So as the two are, re- are developing a romantic relationship with Takeuchi finished with Sailor Moon. And she's also just completed PQ Angels. She's bored and ends up helping him out with his new at the time manga, Hunter Hunter, which of course we'll get into the creation of, but we're talking about this relationship first. There's sort of, she's sort of like an office manager at first and then falls into being a colorist after a while. And however, the work dried up and Takeuchi was in a bit of a rut. Uh, and so according to one account of Naoko's, she invited T- Togashi out to dinner to celebrate her own birthday and he stood her up. Dick move. <laughs> She then called to scream at him, and instead he proposed, and she said yes. However, man, I, I'll tell you what, Tagashi, you sound like a real, a real fucker. <laughs> Looks like he was trying to put that say. relationship on hiatus. Yeah, exactly. According <laughs> to one account of, uh, or I'm sorry. However, the engagement stalls, and Takeuchi asked for answers, to which Tagashi responded. We'll keep our last names, live separately, and both work. Oh, and we won't butt in about each other's jobs. No kids, no legal marriage, and I don't want a ceremony. Cheating is also okay for either (laughs) one of us. Of course, Takuchi then turns around and just says, Fine, the marriage is off, and I'm going to relaunch my manga career uh, on my own. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) And Tagashi then, of course does the thing us idiot dudes always do when we get called out on our bullshit and begs her to take him back. And they set a wedding date for January of 1999, and they are still married. They have been married for over 21 years, and they have a son and a daughter. So it all did work out well. But man, Tagashi, brutal. (laughs) It should be noted that despite that shocking courtship story, uh, uh, Naoko Takuchi actually does... frequently release personal kind of diary comics about her relationship with Togashi and their kids. And it seems to be a very loving couple. She calls him uh, her prince. And um, it's they actually get really personal. There's a short story where they talk about a failed pregnancy they had when they were mm-hmm. together. And it's told with a lot of uh, humility and humor. And it's very touching. And, you know, uh, in terms of comic book power couples they are kind of relationship goals for a lot of people oh yeah and it's cool with Takeuchi with what you just said about that story about the the pregnancy issues and stuff um Takeuchi is really interesting she is really private like most are uh, especially mangaka and I and I I love that Japan is opposite from the USA in the sense that like they actually are really over the top about respecting famous people's privacy which is so crazy to me sounding but she will really open up in these ways that a lot of mangaka don't. And I think that's very cool, learning a little bit more about her this episode. Either way, let's talk about it. Let's get into the creation of Hunter x Hunter. One of Tagashi's hobbies was collecting objects of all kinds. And therefore, he wanted to create a manga centered around that called Something Hunter. That's all he knew. He's just going to call it some. I didn't know what, but it was Something Hunter. Uh, he also said, I love to collect various things. Old books, cards, signs, stuff with skulls. There are many different ways to complete the collections, each just as interesting as the last. But a common element is the ecstasy I feel the moment I get what I want. So I wanted to instill that into his next work. And the name Hunter Hunter came about with that silent X because of a Japanese variety show he watched called Downtown that featured a deadpan comedy host and hothead comedy co-host duo that would often repeat things to make the audience laugh. And, of course, the X is silent in that. So, what? And do you know the why the X? Why the I, X? I think it's because it's, you know, it's a foreign character. There isn't that cross shape in Japanese. And it kind of fits just the same way that uh, in the Yu Yu Hakusho logo there's little stars yeah so i think it just stood as like a little graphic placeholder to just kind of make the name the logo of the series 
just stand out a little more and Pop just look cooler. It, makes, the fact that, that in America we feel compelled to say Hunter x Hunter probably did not enter his mind. Yeah, totally. So also Tagashi was, uh, of course looking at those readers polls and he said analyzing everything i concluded that the popular works were about sports or battles stuff where there were clear winners and losers then i thought that if i was going to write something next it had to be a battle manga after all and the goal here was to have every element in this series lead to battles with less emphasis on plot and character development there was a lot more character stuff in the last one in poltergeist report which is what makes it the shonen lovers shonen the first Three arcs are the Hunter Exam, Heaven's Arena, which is a 251-floor fighting arena, and Greed Island, which is a video game that, as the players fight through it, they get cards to win. All of these are just pushing towards a bunch of fights. They're also the frame de- framing devices of, like, all these other shonen manga. So instead of just focusing on one framing device... Literally, they did Isekai before Isekai. Like, yeah. we're in the, you know, we're introduced to this kind of one-piece grand age of exploration kind of world you're not quite sure whether they're like medieval or just kind of steampunk you're, you know everything's a little wooshy gooshy in terms of technology and civilization in the hunter exam there's just immediate we go from zero to just like different challenges uh you know there you got to escape from a prison and oh hey we're gonna do a little tournament arc oh we're gonna do a battle royale which is uh, its own form of a tournament arc. They then end the exam with just a literal fighting tournament, uh, with the irony being, this is an amazing twist, that in that Hunter exam tournament arc, there was only going to be one loser, technically. <laughs> you know, still <laughs> twisting the expect off the bat, twisting expectations. Right. And then when it gets to Heaven's Arena and, you know, Greed Island, out of nowhere, we're introduced to, like, playstations and new technology and cell phones and tv cameras and the scope of the world just gets blown up in a way that people were not expecting when the when the when the show starts you have no idea that like one of the biggest arcs in the entire story is going to be gone and his friend kilua just like trapped in the game where if you die in the game you die for real yeah for sure and uh just go ahead and uh, explain the entire chimera arc for us jake please all right well so <laughs> it's so crazy the chimera arc it goes i feel like it goes from like here is a very very well laid out easy to understand simple set of rules and then chimera arc is just like bug people get made by this bug monster eating a bunch of different bugs and then they shoot out these bugs but then there's also this other group of people over here and their phantom group that and they're mean and <laughs> okay like, oh my so God. one of the things that hunter hunter does incredibly well is gone our, our fighty boy champion our hero of heroes is really underpowered for the world he is foisted into like from mm. the get-go He's introduced to all of these really compelling, incredibly powerful villains that he has no right to fight. He also looks like Astro Boy, essentially. He looks like a little, innocent, unthreatening thing. He looks like someone made a parody of a shonen protagonist. (laughs) Right, right. So from the get-go, from the beginning of the exam arc, we have characters like Hisoka, the uh, gay murder clown. Um... Who by the oh my god I was uh, I was watching the exam arc uh, I was trying to shotgun it it's all on Netflix and after like three hours straight of watching this show uh, my lovely fiance Marie sits down and she's like okay so what's this about I'm like okay there's Gone Freaks and then there's uh, he's our Punch Boy and then there's Kurapika he's their Revenge Boy and then there's uh, Leo Diaro Liar Diaro fuck. Don't hate Leorio. Me. Leorio. He's our schemey boy. And here's uh, Kilua. He's our assassin boy. And they're doing all this fun stuff. But now they're in the battle royale and they got to get each other's name tags. And that's so they can pass this exam to be registered um, murder boys. Or they're not. You don't have to murder people if you're a hunter. But like you get to murder people if you're a hunter. It's complicated. And she's like trying to get this all in. And then Hisoka comes on screen and she's like what the fuck is that and it's like oh i forgot about the gay murder clown oh my god let's get into the gay murder clown honestly very cool standout character based on the joker the untrustworthy adversarial type who loves just loves fights to the death just can't get enough of them and his powers are based in stage magic so he's like throwing cards and things like that doing illusions great fun character 
And I like that kind of character. He kind of reminds me of like early Frieza, where he's, or mid Frieza, essentially mid DBZ Frieza, that he's sort of like, he is a bad guy, but he helps out sometimes and he's adversarial, but he's not the main enemy or anything. It's very, it's very interesting. So from the get go, Hisoka is not trying to conquer the world or he's not trying to uh, collect the ancient totems of Vugaboo to, you know, bring his lover back to life. He's just in it for his own, whatever whims he wants. He is just chaos incarnate. And he just will, like, beat the shit out of Gon. Gon, our hero, will just lose soundly. And Hisoka will just be like, I want to see how much ass you can kick later. I'm not going to kill you. This is, it'd be a waste to kill you now. Right. He's just not the strongest character. And so he has to deal with loss and... For entire stretches of the story, we're not even following him. And we're just seeing the villains interact. Um, one of the amazing things is the Yorkshin City or York New City arc where we're introduced to the Phantom Troop, which is yes. like over a dozen badass villains hanging out in a cool gang together, all with their own unique powers, all with their own weird versions of Nen abilities. And we're following them and we're like dealing with their uh, wants and interpersonal strife and... You know, we're following them as they're trying to achieve their goals. You know, it's it's it doesn't feel like the world is in danger. We're feeling like we're following these interesting people all pursuing their goals and colliding with each other in interesting ways, which is yeah. not the way you usually handle a children's shonen manga. But it's just super compelling. And you grow to understand these villains. You grow to kind of appreciate them. And then there's the overlying mystery of Gon's father. Right. And that that is another uh, that's another big motivation that, again, is not about the world ending or anything like that. It's literally just I, I want to meet my dad because he abandoned me, which does set an interesting uh, overarching mystery to the show. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So at around 2003, we uh, hit the end of a the Greed Island arc, which is if you die in the game, you die for real. And we get a little bit closer to finding Gon's dad. And then out of nowhere, we're introduced to the Chimera Ants. Which are these unholy bioterror fucking, it's like H.R. Uh, Giger meets Dragon Ball Z. By the way, Giger, big influence on uh, Tagashi. He really loved Alien specifically. And that is, of course, how we get to the supervillain uh, Meruem, the, uh, which is very Dragon Ball mixed with Giger. And like, just pulling a total gear change, we're following this gross murder mutant society as they kind of grow and evolve and learn more about humans. They're doing weird twisted. They're eating people. They're fucking with people's brains. They're, they're getting stronger and stronger and gone is and Kilua are way out of their element. They are just completely schooled and we're following other hunters and, you know, other larger characters in society as they're interacting Meanwhile, like the main villain is not even interacting with anyone. He's playing a board game with a blind woman and he's on his own personal journey. Uh And so many things that you think are supposed to happen. The the main guy, the Ant King, Meruem, is just he's Cell meets Frieza meets Boo. He's just every DBZ villain. And we're following him on a philosophical journey. Yeah, he's just getting upset that he can't win this chess game, essentially. At this point, the Chimera Ant arc, between all the hiatuses, are 
Uh, it's more years go into this arc than all the previous arcs put together in terms of chronologically, not in terms of individual issues. I think I think also it's a lot more issues too. It's, I thought it's it was a like lot. sixty compared to individual chapters are like are sometimes rushed. There's like weird sketchy art styles. They're just doing all these things, but the villains and the heroes just start blurring into this moral gray in a way that you begin to like question what either side is doing it becomes this like almost tragic conflict between these two opposing forces we're introduced to interesting characters like knuckle uh who has a special men ability based on taxation <laughs> <laughs> it's completely insane and like super math based where every time he punches you it takes like 10 percent. what is the percent it's 10 percent. i can't even be even gone himself when confronted with the math of this power is like what <laughs> It, but essentially, it all builds up to you not being able to use your uh, your nin ability or abilities uh, for what is it again? Of thirty hours, thirty days, thirty days. Way, way, I was way off. <laughs> also, the violence in this is pretty off the chain, pretty over the top, re- and readers love it. There's heads getting chopped off, hearts ripped out of chest. Jason Thompson from Anime News Network said, "Yoshihiro Tagashi loves gore and shocking violence and evil folks." The child heroes are always fighting serial killers and maniacs and sadists. This is, after all, the mangaka who, when asked, what Yu Yu Hakusho character are you the most like, answered, the sum of all the evil ones. Which is <laughs> kind of amazing. Uh, and then also you have this fantasy world, this giant fantasy world. Yu Yu you, you, uh, I'll just say po- Poltergeist Report. Poltergeist Nobody report says Poltergeist Report. Set in modern day. <laughs> set in modern day. And uh, very much in the normal real world. This is a fantasy world, which was definitely a departure for him. And he includes a lot of, though, however, modern tech and things like that. There are video game systems. There are Internet cafes, things like that. But it's still very, very fantastical at the same time. So the Chimera Antarch uh, is full of all these JoJo level showdowns between people with weird abilities, kind of testing each other and trying to come up with novel ways to outflank the others. Uh, the, even within the Chimera Ant army, there's people with their own agendas and they're kind of like trying to work around each other. There's just tension and horror and just this what started as like a, a riff on a Dragon Ball arc just gets pitch black in terms of content. And it ends with one. of I think this is the, the shining, the standout moment in uh, the series and the one that's the most memed, the one the that's crying, the crying octopus. Man. I mean, the crying octopus is brilliant, but uh, I'm without spoiling it. Togashi riffs on one of the most classic anime tropes of all, which is the Super Saiyan transformation. Uh, the idea that, you know, uh, when uh, Naruto is like cornered, he unleashes the Kitsune energy and becomes Kitsune sage level Gabugi and, uh, you know, has power and is able to win the day. Gon does a transformation and it is the most fucked up dark twist on that trope that has ever existed in the entirety of shonen manga it is legendary it is disturbing it is like so interesting and it kind of uh shows that you know kind of like evangelion or uh, magic madoka magica that this young hero, this shonen protagonist, can't just be like, yata, yosh, like roll with the punches after witnessing so much death and so much hardship. Everyone has a breaking point. And it, it's, it's this weird thing where if you're watching it the first time, uh, people have their minds blown by the Chimera Ant arc. But for people that really, really love the uh, series as it is, they'll usually go to the uh, York New City arc with the Phantom mm. Troop because those characters are a little bit more relatable. Yeah. Uh, and it has kind of... Uh, and it has that dope chain... What, what's it called? The Chain of Judgment? Or the what, Chain or of chain Judgment. Of- Kurapika's goes a-hunting. That's a cool move. So she can throw this chain at you. He. Oh, my God. We didn't even get to he, the gender. We didn't yeah, even get sorry, to all the gender. Okay, I keep forgetting because he sounds so feminine. <laughs> This is, he's clearly voiced by a female voice actress, at least. In One the, uh, of my criticisms of the manga and the of the series in general is that there's a kind of it's lacking in female characters with agency. And then as I started reading and seeing different characters, I was like, oh, no, maybe I misjudged it only to realize that like half of the characters that I thought were women were just female, were female presenting 
male, like gender fluid, gender queer yeah. people. So like, it's it's insane. <laughs> I know I just said so. I I'm being very insensitive about a very complicated topic, but. It's very, it's definitely groundbreaking for the genre to have so many characters be gender fluid like this. But yeah, it is so many characters blur the line and just like aren't concerned with gender binary. Yeah, I, I feel like Kurapika would come out as non-binary on Twitter uh, if if they were real. So I'll just say they they have this ability. They throw this chain out. It wraps around you and sticks to your heart. And they get to say one like they, they get to make a condition or a set of conditions on you. And if you break those conditions, you are uh, you are immediately uh, dead. And it is, it's based on like three different types of Nen. It's this very complex move that's very cool and very OP. And it just it's a really neat part of the whole arc that leads to a lot of fun interactions and and things that she forces on these people these the the villains i mean god the everyone from the phantom troop to the zoldake family kilua's weird assassin family is full of these bizarre powers that are terrifying the more you think about it Uh uh-huh well let's talk about powers let's talk about nen okay let's talk about nen Nin is the art of tapping into the life force that runs through all things, which is referred to as aura. Oh, you're talking about chakra. Ah, yes, absolutely. Oh, wait, are you talking about chi? No, actually, none of those Are you talking about every other anime where they talk about life force as a source of magic? Exactly, the aura, too. Oh, stands, you're talking about uh, Hamon. You're talking about (laughs) Hamon from JoJo. Uh, no, I'm talking about aura, Jake, please. Uh, aura is, uh, you tap into the aura to gain abilities such as hypersense, shooting lightning blasts, etc. What makes Nin stand out from the other shonen manga's power systems is that it is incredibly well thought out to the point where there are charts and equations that have been applied to it, making it a pretty airtight series of concepts. The fundamentals are this. There are six types of Nin users. Enhancers, which essentially can buff themselves or other other people transmuters which allows one to change uh, aura to match something else in the water test they do this test with a cup of water to see what kind of nin you are most proficient in and uh essentially if the water turns sweet then you know that you're a transmuter it can change one thing to a different thing essentially emitters detach aura from the body so energy blasts things like that conjurers create objects from aura and manipulators control now, which is different from transmutation. They can like create an actual like a wet a sword or something like that. They can just like make very it JoJo. This is all yeah. very JoJo. Manipulators control animate or inanimate things, and specialists have are are one, those with a unique ability, which essentially is what where all the other abilities go. Now the thing that because uh, it took me a second to figure out, I was like. This sounds pretty standard. I don't understand why this is. What makes this crazy, I think, is the hexagon connector mm-hmm. part of it. So they're all connected. If you look at them in a hexagonal shape, they're all connected, right? I'd have to pull it up, essentially, to see which ones actually affect the other. But essentially, you are 100%, you, you will be 100% proficient in one of the six, uh, and, and only one of the six. And if you, let's say you are proficient in... Enhancement. That's at the top of the hexagon. The two nin types that are connected to the to enhancement are emission and transmutation. You will actually be 80% proficient in those two. Then you move down to conjuration and manipulation. I believe you're 60% or um yeah, you're 60% proficient in that. And then 40% proficient in the one that's farthest from you. And if you don't have a specialization, then you're 0% proficient. And specialization so it's just really it's based in math it's it allows a user to combine more than one types of nin to do really spectacular interesting things that's why i mentioned the chain of justice having involving three different nin types for its existence i believe that would be conjuring enhancing probably and manipulating maybe are the three uh, either way it, it's it's it creates these really cool discussions and interesting concepts around the power system itself. That's a lot more, just a lot more fun to go through than just like, he's got a power level of 800 and he has a power level of 500. And you know, it's, it's just, 
way more complex than that. There's the idea that, like, you know, within a given battle, someone will be like, oh, watch out, he's an emitter, he can do long-distance attacks, you gotta get in close, or something like, oh, he's an enhancer, he's uh, got super strength, don't let him get in close, or yes. the, all the different ways that there's just total mind-fucking with the manipulator class. Uh, in a lot of weird, scary ways, there's a guy yeah. who can, like, stick antennas in people's heads and, like, manipulate them and, like, force them to, to carry out tasks. Uh, there's a great moment where that character jams the antenna in one of his own in his own head and gives himself a task to, like, defeat uh, a, uh, someone he's fighting. And so because of the nature of it, like, he now knows, like, can fight better because he's given himself a task he can't break. <laughs> And and I think what it all goes to show is that it's way more interesting when even on paper someone might be technically more powerful than someone else in this manga. But if they use their own nin in a smart enough way and in a clever enough way to work with the strengths and weaknesses of the other person, they can still become victorious. And so mm. it's just so much more fascinating to see these fights go down. When it's not about like just who has the more powerful ability, who has or or who has the more strength than the other, and so it's just really cool. And it really, again, this is studying Nin is what made me think a lot about the shonen genre and about what it is to create a a very engaging shonen manga with, with really interesting fights and really interesting uses of the different powers and things that might exist there. And he really just hit it out of the park with this one. A fun thing that happens with the spe anytime they bring in specialists, it basically turns into a Jojo fight where yeah. everyone is trying to figure out what the other one's special conditions are to activate their power. So it becomes this high level like chess match almost. The one guy who has the ability to steal your nin power, which has like four different conditions <laughs> is hilarious. It's like, uh, Fuck, what was it? It was, uh, you have to, A, you have to put your hand on a book. You have to be asked a question about your nin ability and then answer the question. And there were like two other conditions that are insanely difficult to get the person to do. But if all of that goes down, you will steal their ability from them. Because, I mean, obviously that's such an, uh, uh, again, OP ability that you have to make the conditions so difficult. Kila was uh, sister, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to say Kila was sister, uh, has an insane weird possession thing going on mm -hmm. where she like grants wishes, but only if you answer her requests in a way yeah. that like, and there's all these different conditions and escalating power levels that go on in navigating those conditions. You know, there's so much like deliberation and thought put into these powers that interact in very interesting ways. So going back to the hiatuses, you know, of course to avoid burnout, Tagashi takes, Tons of hiatuses. Currently, he's on one. And uh, he just does this to keep the manga enjoyable for him. And I think that shows in the work. I think that makes his work stand out from so much of the rest. It started with him just missing three weeks the year the series debuted. But this jumps up to 15 weeks the next year. And he took a tw uh, 2015 off altogether. From 2016 to 2018, he got back to it, but very lightly. And since chapter 390 in November 2018... There has not been a new chapter. He does, however, plan to finish the series in his lifetime. However, he has a lot more story to tell because this just is such fertile land for him. Togashi said, as a reader of Jump Myself, I also remember having thought, shouldn't this manga have just ended here and feeling pissed when it went on and on? I want to always be in touch with that feeling as a reader, but Hunter Hunter, as it is now, has a lot in it that makes me want to keep on reading, even from my own perspective as a reader and from my perspective as a writer. There are still many things in it left that I want to write, that I would enjoy writing. And so if anyone would be willing to enjoy this ride with me this is all i can hope for but yes he does has also said in, in, in interviews that he want he, he does wish to finish this before he dies for sure so yeah the the anime uh the original uh uh or let's just talk about the history of the anime here it, it the most recent one goes up to chapter 338 in the manga to date but there was a movie back in 1998 this was produced by studio piero and it was directed by noriyuki uh Abe, who did stuff like Bleach, as well as Yu Yu Hakusho. The same studio and director did the series produced by Nippon, which ran for 61 episodes, but since they caught up to the manga at the time, because of the hiatuses, they decided to stop it there. Folks were upset. 
especially that it ended so early. And so they released an OVA series done by Marvelous Entertainment, which had a more satisfying conclusion. In 2011, the series would start the whole thing over and be a lot more faithful to the source material. It's produced by Nippon TV, VAP, Shuisha, and Madhouse, directed by Hiroshi Kojina. The last episode aired on in 2014 in Japan and in June of 2019 in the U.S., and there are no plans at this point to continue forth, which I think is kind of crazy. There are fans of the 1999 anime, and it kind of has a... It definitely has a more... Uh that 90s like still analog uh, production uh yeah. darker in tone a little more violent but the madhouse uh, madhouse legendary animation studio they did work like uh, perfect blue uh, paprika death note uh the first season of one punch man and it's been the 2011 anime has been almost universally praised for being one of the most consistently well-animated series where there's, you know, they know when to bust out the Sakuga for the cool fights, but know when to keep everything on model. There's almost, there's very rarely are you hitting an episode of the Madhouse anime and you're like, okay, they ran out of money for this one. Yeah. It's also a little bit more censored. Okay. It's like a little bit more family friendly. Everything I've read said that, you know, you can jump to the 2011 series for sure. Yeah. It's, it's just a shout out to the 1999 die, die hards who insist it's worth people's time. But I was watching the, the 2011 one and was loving it. A lot of people say that, you know, it's it's a it's and it's a perfectly viable way to take in this story, especially because as Togashi kept kind of taking hiatuses, the art uh, style kind of shifts wildly, the art quality shifts wildly. Whereas uh, the 2011 anime is a more consistent product and it ends on a decent enough uh, conclusion that you I can kind of walk away. Keep it going, though. Yes, it does. And I do know where it leaves off, but it also leaves off in a way that you're like, OK, what's going to happen next? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when they get to where they get to in it. But there are some satisfying things. Yes, that feel conclusionary in that uh so yeah i uh that's pretty much all i have i have one more quote that i think sums it up really well especially because it talks about the chimera ants this is jason thompson again from anime news network in a sense hunter hunter is like the chimera ants it absorbs other shonen manga and spits them back out in strange mutated forms and uh yeah i think it does a great job of that it was such an interesting fun i I mean it's definitely now an anime show i want to really sit down and and pour through i think it's just great i am i'm burnt out there's just too much fuckedness too much darkness too much crying children too much murder (laughs) it is intense it is i have to now i have to go back and just watch more My Hero Academia. I got to <laughs> just get back to that meat and potatoes. Good kid is good. He learns <laughs> to punch good to help his friends. Power of friendship. Fun times. <laughs> I don't need to go back and think about who's the real bad guy. What if mankind is the true <laughs> monster? What does it mean to be strong? <laughs> Fantastic stuff. All right. I think that covers it, right, Jake? I our- hope so. I that is our so. episode on Hunter Hunter. Thank oh, you so actually, much. Actually, you know what? Um, yeah, just give me just some. so people get a little bit of it. Uh, Mary, I, I sent you the clip. If we can get a little bit of uh, murder gay clown Hisoka just <laughs> repeating Gon's name in ecstasy as he <laughs> gets uh, about to beat a child to a pulp. Uh, if you can insert that right here. Yeah, it's still creepy. Still creepy. I couldn't have thought of a better way to end it. Thank you so much. Uh, Check us out if you want to get more content from us and support us financially. Check us out, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. We um, are making some changes on their content-wise. We're actually going to be pumping more stuff out through our Patreon. So definitely check it out in the next... uh, Well, I guess by the time of this recording, we'll have made that change. So definitely check us out because there's a lot more stuff we are doing via Patreon content-wise for you guys. And besides that, check me out, twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Nothing makes my heart uh, just feel joy more than when you Wizard and the Bruiser fans come on and just say hello in our chat or whatever. I stream Monday, Tuesday, Friday night. Check us out there. 
And uh, Jake? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young to see all my various mind poops. And uh, I will also be doing uh, a stream, uh, but I'm just going to be sitting in a dark room eating pudding cups and Fantastic. rocking back and forth. I love that you say that like that's a joke, but you know that Henry and Jackie do have now a side podcast they do for Patreon called Good Pud, where they eat pudding and talk about it. So actually God people damn are it. doing that. I know. I'm so sorry. The to truth you. is stranger than fiction, my friend. Check that out. Either way, all I have to say at this point in the day is never stop bruising and always be bruising i said never stop bruising always be whizzing (laughs) you can't smile again (laughs) have a go at everybody this show is made possible by listeners like you Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.